This is sort of embarrassing for me to talk about, but I have something I want to get off my chest. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepmom.com. I don't think of myself as someone with a short fuse, but I need for you to know that I get it when you talk about losing your temper with your partner's kids. Most people who know me really well would probably describe me as the most patient person they've ever met. But I have lost it on my stepkids and even on other people's kids. I know all about snapping when you don't mean to and how that feels. And I've decided to talk to you about that now in an effort to learn something more about myself because I'm a card-carrying member of the Work in Progress Club. The first time I remember really losing my shit on someone else's kids, like in front of the someone else, was when I went away for a little holiday with my best friend and our respective daughters. We both had eight-year-olds and she also had a six-year-old. While my daughter was very happy to be an only child, her older daughter was absolutely miserable to have a sister. Theirs was a sibling rivalry for the record books. It was never-ending. It was loud and constant and, to my ears, intolerable. The younger one did nothing all day but annoy her sister so she could cry and get the sister in trouble. The older one whined non-stop about the unfair treatment she perceived she was getting every moment of the day. I love these people. They're like family to me. And I like kids in general. I never have a problem being around kids. But this was wearing me down. In particular, I remember always feeling like there must be a way to get this behavior under control, how could anyone live like this? Of course, I probably instinctively understood that this would have been my fate if I had gone ahead and had another child, but I didn't. How smart of me. Anyway, it was summertime and we were holidaying at my family cottage. My friend had told her girls that if they could be nice to each other and not fight for a while, we'd go get ice cream cones at a store a short drive away. When the time came, we all piled into the car, and within seconds, predictably, the fighting began. My friend said, girls, remember, no fighting if you want ice cream. At which point, the screaming only ramped up. That's not fair. You're not even listening. She just poked me with her seatbelt on purpose. My friend was silent. She was used to just ignoring the fighting, but something inside me snapped. What's going on here? She tells them to stop, but when they don't stop, nothing happens. I think I had seen this pattern in play over our whole week together, but it suddenly just became crystal clear. 
Did I say to myself, Tracy, these are not your children? No, I didn't. I was burning with self-righteous parenting indignation. I knew what they needed. They needed someone to hold their mother to account. She said, no ice cream if you're fighting. And if she was too weak to stick to her word, by God, I was going to do it for her. If nothing else, they would learn that Auntie Tracy was not to be messed with. So I slammed on the brake, put the car in reverse, and backed up the long driveway. My friend was silent. I'm pretty sure she was completely shocked. The kids were all crying by now. I didn't apologize. I sort of backpedaled and said, maybe we can try again later when everyone is in a better mood. So what do you think? Overstepping much? When I think back, I can't believe I did that. I don't have any memory of checking in with my friend before slamming on the brakes. I'd like to think that I did, but I'm pretty sure that it was an impulse. I just did it. I can't believe our friendship actually withstood that ridiculous outburst, but apparently it did. I had many frustrating moments with my own daughter when she was a toddler and a preschooler, but she became a pretty compliant, well-behaved kid. Maybe because she realized her mother could behave like a psycho at any moment, so she better watch herself. Fast forward about 12 years, and I'm on a drive with my husband-to-be and his kids. We're driving them back home after a rare weekend visit, which was a three-hour ride each way, and I'm behind the wheel for this portion of the trip. We're only about half an hour from our destination when the play fighting and shrieking ramped up past the level of what I could tolerate. Their dad had already told them quite a few times to cool it a little. And you have to know, when when they get excited, their voices get this high-pitched, steely-edged quality that just inflames my entire nervous system. So guess what happened? I snapped. We were on the highway. I I saw an off-ramp approaching, and I impulsively pulled over into the right lane and took the exit. Where are we going? They asked. I think my husband, who was still only my boyfriend at the time, was equally perplexed. We're going to stop and find a playground, I said. You guys need to blow off some steam. But we're almost home, they complained. No, we'll be good. Let's keep driving. I don't think so, I said. I'm pretty sure this is urgent. And I pulled into the first parking lot I found by a swing set and a teeter-totter. We're too old for this, they complained. And at age 11 and 12, it was probably true. But I was not going to back down. The truth is, they actually did chase each other around and hang out on the swings for a while before we all piled back into the car for the rest of the ride. What did my boyfriend, also known as their perfectly capable parent, sitting in the passenger seat right beside me, think about all this? I don't know, because I didn't ask him. I just took right over. I was done with hearing him tell them to stop shouting, but then not doing anything when they kept right on shouting. And what did the kids think? They were probably shocked. And looking back, it doesn't seem like a move that was going to win me any future stepmom brownie points. As I retell these stories, there's a, there are themes starting to become clear to me. One of them has to do with being around a parent who makes threats and then doesn't follow through, as if I never did that myself. 
it probably relates to scenes from my old childhood that I can't even actually recall. And there's for sure some angle about being trapped in a moving vehicle and not being able to leave the scene when what I call the bad parenting is happening. I have a funny story about bad parenting too, but this one I didn't actually witness. It's a story from before I had kids, from the early days of my first marriage. My ex-husband had a really close friend who had gotten married very young and had kids right away, so he was a parent of three when we were still dating. This guy's oldest daughter was what's referred to as a spirited child. She was a serious handful and there were a lot of funny stories about her, but this one is really telling. So dad comes home from work one day, a little more tired and impatient than usual, and his daughter is sitting right in front of the TV. This was back in the day when a television was a piece of furniture that sat on the floor and kids would sit really close so that they could reach the knobs to change the channel. Anybody remember that? And he told her to move back because she was sitting too close to the screen. When she didn't acknowledge what he said or make any move to back herself up on the carpet, he instantly stepped right over to where she was sitting, grabbed her by her three-year-old shoulders and moved her back to where she was supposed to be. Hey, she shouted at him indignantly. I had two more chances. Like, what the heck, dude? You know, you yell at me three times before you ever do anything. What's this all about? I know, right? Kids are watching us all the time. This story made a big impression on me, and maybe that's why I've become so sensitive to parents not following through on boundaries they set. Or maybe it's the reverse. I'm sensitive to that issue, and that's why the story resonated with me so much. One way or another, I can think whatever I want. This story is about a man and his own child. My stories are about me and somebody else's children. Would I want someone watching me screw up with my own daughter? which I've surely done innumerable times over the years, and just take over the parenting, leaving me standing on the sidelines, wondering what the hell was going on? It's funny to see it from this point of view, me all self-righteous, overstepping with my Ronald McDonald-sized galoshes all over someone else's territory. I'd like to think that I've changed since then, but I probably still have some big blind spots that I'm not aware of. Everyone does. They call that the human condition. My final story is about another car ride. Here's that theme again. I'll have to ponder that some more. But anyway, we were on another long drive, my not yet husband and his three kids. I was way in the back of the minivan, trying to minimize the effect that their over-the-top horseplay was going to have on my peace of mind. Again and again, they would suddenly shriek out and my partner would say, you can't do that. I'm driving the car. Do you want me to have an accident? And it would get better for 10 minutes or so and then slowly ramp up again. By the time we stopped for gas about an hour from where we were headed and all piled out to stretch our legs, I just couldn't hide the tears rolling down my cheeks. My loving boyfriend sweetly put his arm around me and said, what's wrong? I blubbered, I can't take it, the noise, it just guts me. You keep telling them to stop, and it keeps happening. You don't usually let them get away with not listening to you like that, I don't understand. I'm sorry that I'm crying, 
I just can't hold it together anymore. His answer surprised me. Oh, no. You didn't have earplugs. Why didn't you say something? I have lots of them up front. Duh. It wasn't the first time I had heard about earplugs. I'd even used them before, but I just forgot. The car thing was kind of an anomaly for my husband. Here's the backstory. For years, he had been taking his kids on this 10-hour odyssey to visit his family. Three return trips every year since they were all in diapers. Alone, with three kids in car seats on an adventure like that, he'd gotten used to the idea that in the car, all bets are off. They're going to scream, and it's a long, long drive. And if you ever want to get where you're going, he's discovered, you bring movies, you put in your earplugs, and you focus on the road. And if everyone is alive when you pull into the driveway at the other end, you've done your job. The stupid thing is, I know my husband to be a great parent. He's a guy who really always follows through. He does what he says he's going to do. So this was a real lesson for me. Sometimes you just have to put in the damn earplugs and get to the end of the road. You can pick your battles, but it seems like everyone has different battles that they need to pick. To finish my story, we hit the road again, me newly armored with pink foam bits protruding from each ear, and we weren't five minutes along before the horseplay started up again. And this time it was Dad who surprised me by dramatically slamming on the brakes and pulling suddenly over onto the gravel side of the road. He was more than firm. He laid down the law. He told them that he'd had enough of not being listened to, that there were very good reasons for not suddenly shrieking at the top of one's lungs in a moving vehicle, and that if they didn't stop it, we were going to stay right here by the side of the road and never get to the lake and the food and their cousins. I know he did that for me, but I think it was the right thing to do anyway. Did it make a difference to the ride home? Yes and no. Eventually, they all learned to drive and got to see for themselves what it's like to be behind the wheel when your passengers are getting on your nerves. And now they finally understand. I probably have some kind of traumatic childhood experience of being read the riot act in the back seat of a car by one of my parents, but it doesn't matter. If you have to fight your instinct to jump in and take over the parenting when it's not going the way you think it should, I feel your pain. If your partner needs to be reminded sometimes that their kids need to see them doing what they say they're going to do, it's okay to tell them so. And it's true. Kids are actually testing us all the time to see us holding the limits we've announced. Limits are what make them feel safe. And the more they test us, the more they actually need to see how firmly we hold them. And it's also okay to have to sometimes just put in the damn earplugs and get where you're trying to go. Earphones work good too, by the way. You could even listen to a podcast at the same time. That's all for this episode. If you're enjoying this, remember to subscribe wherever you're listening. Did you know that we're being heard in 48 countries now? There are other curious, forward-thinking stepmoms like you in every corner of the world. And you can help them find us and join our community by leaving a rating or a review. That's how this podcast will pop up when they search st-
stepmom advice? Someone did that for you, you know, so pay it forward. I also have a little Facebook tribe, which I guard against bashing like a pit bull with lipstick. It's a friendly, 100% positive place. And if that's what you've been looking for, we'd be glad to have you there. Just send a join request to The Spectacular Stepmom. Personal one-on-one -on -one support is available by visiting my website, EssentialStepmom.com. Thank you.